Welcome to the Huntback Country Podcast. This is episode number 420, and we are continuing our series of listener stories with listeners of the podcast, just like you. We're doing before and after the hunt segments. Right now, we're talking all about the before the hunt stories of listeners, and then later this fall, we'll get those same folks back on the podcast to tell the story of how the hunt went, what they learned, and more. Today, our guest is Logan, and he's actually taking his sister on her very first backpack archery mule deer hunt. His sister has some limited kind of casual experience hunting, which you'll hear about, but Logan threw out the idea to her, hey, pick up a bow, come join me, let's go backpack hunting. So this will be her first kind of real backcountry experience. I wanted to talk with Logan about his perspective on getting someone newer into hunting, or at least hunting in a new way or at a new level. So in this Before the Hunt episode, it's just myself and Logan kind of talking about how the story came to be, how he's been helping his sister prepare for the hunt, and much more. And then after this hunt, we'll get Logan and his sister back on the show to hear all about how it went. So this is a great episode if you are at all interested, and by the way, you should be interested, in getting some newer hunters involved, helping them get up to speed, bringing them along for some adventures, or just maybe doing a new style or type or species of hunt with you. So I hope that you guys enjoy this one. As always, reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. You can just send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com. But right now, let's dive into this conversation with Logan. Well, Logan, welcome to the podcast, man. Excited to chat with you today. Hey, I appreciate it, Mark. I've uh, been a, I can't say a long time listener, but I've tried to get caught up pretty quick. So <laughs> when did you find the podcast? Uh, it's, that's actually very interesting. Uh, year, when I say years ago, probably in the last five-ish years, I had a buddy mention that he had heard Exopacks are good. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'd searched them at the time. Um, I, I came across the YouTube, you know, series on K3, just explaining the different features of the pack. And so that looks awesome. You know, I mean, for the future, I'd love to try an exo pack. And then, then it kind of went in the world of, of looking at the different competitors and whether it was exo or some of the other stone glacier, Kefaro, et cetera. Um, you guys did a like blemish pack cell, maybe a year, year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. I was like, I'll try that out and got a pack. I was like, that's awesome. And then I'm a regular podcast listener just overall and came across. I was like, you know, now that I got the pack, I'm going to start doing a little bit more backcountry stuff. Um, I'd done a little bit, I dabbled in it, but, you know, I was like, no, I'm going to dive in it more and searched backcountry podcasts or hunting podcasts and came across this one and listened to a few episodes before I even connected the dots that it was exo <laughs> so, <laughs> that's cool man so yeah it's kind of kind of funny how it came across that way but no it's a i, I appreciate your very non-biased uh, approach to gear review and you know tactic or you know strategy and different things I, I just i think it's a fresh take on rather than just pushing product which i appreciate oh cool it's fun to hear the background because 
you know, there's obviously people who tune in, but usually one is when I talk to a very small amount of them. And even when we do it, we never really get backstory on how you found the podcast and stuff. So that was kind of a cool aside to hear. Yeah. So set up just uh, before we dive into like this, uh, the hunt that's upcoming, set up just some, you know, basic intro background, who you are, where you're from, kind of all the good stuff, just so listeners have some context. Yeah, no, appreciate it. I'm a uh... Grew up a, a rural Nevada town outside of Las Vegas, about an hour out. Um, it, as you know, Nevada's got a big hunting culture. Um, a little bit different than some of the other Western states to where it, it's all all big game is draw system. And uh, most, there are certain tags that you can get fairly regularly, but for the most part, you're, you're waiting quite a while, especially for... Um, elk and and like sheep would be like a, a once in a lifetime type of opportunity um but yeah i just kind of grew up um as a youth rifle hunting with my dad and, and brothers and some family friends um, um only only deer hunted growing up and then i'm trying to think of kind of when i i switched to where it really became a, a true interest of mine uh just because it i don't want to say i didn't have interest as a kid but it was just more of like this is just one thing that we do right mm-hmm. and so it was probably um in my early college years that i switched over and started kind of venturing out on my own on how i approach hunting versus just uh you know being along for the ride i guess um and it's been kind of a a ongoing progression from there and i think it's probably a similar parallel story for for most people um, that you know they'll they'll be exposed at one point and then you know as they dive deeper they go down certain rabbit holes and whichever but um i would say especially in the last 10 years has been my 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 deepest dive um i and and even more so in the last five years i I, so I drew a coveted bull elk tag in Nevada um, archery in 2019. My dad had had the same tag in 2015. And I was like, man, that was a great experience. Um, he didn't harvest, had some close calls. So I I started putting in for it and eventually, well, I'd, I'd already been putting in for it, but I, I drew it four years later. And from there, um, had a lot of help from a lot of friends as far as just um i have a few friends that are guide buddies i've got um uh, you know friends that had hunted the area in the past um, and just you know a lot of people helping me along the way to figure it out and that was my first year hunting with a bow and um I, there was aspects of that hunt that was um very much uh where it was i actually went you know i, I believe i did four nights by myself um, and that was just due to work schedules like people not you know <laughs> I, I took a bunch of time off but not everybody else could so i did four nights um you know packed in by myself and had some close calls and then also a mix of hunting from the road and, and doing day hikes and different things but that was where the switch turned for me of like okay i really love archery hunting and i love backpack hunting <laughs> And it was a, a few years later that I ended up actually diving in a little bit deeper. Um, but yeah, so primarily deer hunting growing up. Um, now I've done um, uh, a few elk hunts um, where I, so I killed that, I killed the bull that year. And then I haven't been on, I had, haven't had an elk tag myself, but I've been on a, a handful of other, you know, friends hunts and different things. 
And now, um, and now I've been kind of diving into archery mule deer, um, more out of uh, opportunity. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got. That was kind of a roundabout way, but yeah, where I am now, where I'm striving to do more archery backpack hunts. So cool. So the this hunts are at least one of the hunts that we'll be uh, chatting about that you're preparing for, and then we'll talk about later this fall after the fact. You're taking your sister um which is super cool and you know we'll talk with um her on the show after the hunt as well and at first it was like basically it was hard to schedule with her (laughs) and you to get on before the hunt but as i was thinking about that i I don't want to say it's good i would like to have her here but one unique aspect that i wanted to cover is we have you know spoken with people on the podcast who are new to hunting or it's their first hunt kind of get that beginner perspective but one of the the themes, if you will, that I think is helpful to to be able to speak with you about is just you as the hunter with a bit more experience sharing kind of the journey, the perspective of taking someone else along, you know, sharing your hunt uh, in this case with your sister. So I, all that said to say, um, you just described your hunting background you could clearly just keep doing things on your own, backpacking, hunting, hunting for yourself. But like what spurred this year in this hunt to get involved and take your sister? So that's a great question, Mark. I, I'll, I'll step it back one piece that just, I, I think it's relatable for most people that they start diving into something and start loving it. Um, it a natural tendency is to want to share that anyways, right? Like, regardless of whether it's a sister or whether it's a friend or what, you know, whoever it is. I, I think, I mean, I'd say that's, uh, people have prob- probably felt that same common feeling of like, man, I'm, where have I been this whole time? I want to share this with others. Um, but specifically for my sister. Um, so the, the interesting thing here is that, that she doesn't have a, a huge interest in hunting overall, <laughs> which is, kind of funny it's like well why would you take her on a backpack bow hunt for mule deer if <laughs> <laughs> have interest but I, I, there, there is an explanation for that and whether it's crazy or not i mean that's well, i'll let the listeners decide but i uh so to give a little bit of background it is very common practice um for people in nevada men in nevada to be putting their wives and whichever in for hunts because it's always a, a future thing like hey I, I put you in the hunt but and i do it with my wife i put you in for the hunt honey like don't worry about it now you're going to experience it one time if you don't like it whatever you're done <laughs> like but you're you know because it takes a number of points to to you know draw certain tags and everything very common practice just kind of like sneak that in there right so my my sister's been accruing points um for elk all these years and it's is getting into the mix of like driving elk tag in Nevada is very, um, you know, serious possibility. And so when we, we started, well, let me back up a little bit. She did have her first elk tag or her first deer tag, um, in 20, let's see, that would have been 2020. And I actually had the same tag with her that year. And that was unintentionally, we drew separately, like we did a party, um, but ended up with the same unit, the same tag. Um, and what, like something you have to understand about, about my sister, she's going to decide she's going to do something like she wants to go on and do it. Um, but sometimes 
the the motivation is more of like out of proven herself and less about like man i that sounds awesome for me to go kill a deer like i'm gonna go do that like like i hunting really intrigues me it was more like oh i have this opportunity am i capable of doing it does that make sense like mm-hmm. so so anyways she we did that deer hunt and she was successful but we that was a lot more of a hey we're gonna drive to our different glassing points um see, you know see what we can turn up and and go get it done and so there was a lot of that as most people on from a road hunting perspective can can relate to is that a lot of times it's like you you go from point to point you drive from spot to spot and when things don't work out you're kind of left with like well what now and that, that would be any any hunting but but a lot of the sheaf left feeling like man there was a ton of like we didn't find anything for this we just kind of went from spot to spot and see what happened and i've felt similarly hunting with my dad in the past and I don't want to make my dad out to be a villain. Like I'm so thankful for everything that he's done and exposed me to. But that being said, like I definitely have been in that position where I was just kind of like, man, there's gotta be more to what we're doing here type thing. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of ventured out on my own and kind of developed habits and style that I like to hunt that it started meaning more to me. And so anyways, my sister left that hunt like kind of underwhelmed like i mean yeah she i accomplished what i came here to do but it was just kind of like man if if all it is is just kind of driving around and hopefully you come across something and that works and you know uh, she was like ah whatever i'd be fine never doing that again so with that context she we're, we're now again she's in the discussion of like hey we could seriously talk about drawing out soon you know what what do you want to do and I'm very biased because my archery elk hunt, and, and you gotta the, you gotta realize that while yes, these are public land hunts, it's not the same as like drawing an OTC over the counter tag in Colorado or uh, Idaho or something along those lines to where they're heavily pressured herds. Um, you're lucky if you see elk type of thing. This is this is your this is premier class. <laughs> hunting where you're you're getting several looks at several bulls to where you know a lot of guys are real picky at, at what they will and won't take type thing mm-hmm. um and so but anyways i'm very biased towards the archery hunt because of i've had some great experiences on my hunt and other hunts that i've been on on that particular hunt um and i've also experienced the same unit in the rifle hunt and which which was still a great time but knowing my sister and some of her complaints I was like, you know what? You may enjoy the experience of getting out and backpacking and, and trying to have close encounters with these bulls and, and just by sheer number of seeing more more animals overall. And she kind of started, her wheels were turning. She's like, man, that sounds awesome, actually. Like, I, I would love to, love to experience something like that. But from there, what it came down to was... She, she, I mean, we're having this conversation, I want to say, end of February, beginning of March. And we're like, well, that, there's a lot to do to get ready. You know, she's never shot a bow. She never, you know, none of that. So a lot to do to get ready for, for that hunt, if we were talking about drawing it this year, which was somewhat overwhelming to her. And so at the end of the day, and I, I, again, I'm trying to like 
provide her information and let her make choices based off the information rather than just like bulldoze and say, no, you should do it this way because of this. And so, you know, I provide it, say, Hey, listen, so if, you know, just realize that you may be trading experience for the likelihood of harvesting in this, you know, as far as just, as we all know, a lot needs to go right to actually get an arrow in, in, into an elk, right? Like um, while there may be more opportunities for those encounters, you still have to get close, right? And so just laying it all out for like, listen, like if if you don't want to do the rifle hunt thing and you want to do this with a bow, like you also need to realize that your your chance of success is we're driving it down as far as success being actually harvesting an animal. And so all of that kind of came to the head and was somewhat overwhelming for her to feel like she could give it her all and do her best by this year. And so we're like, that's fine. And, and, and then the, I think it was, so her, her husband, my brother-in-law was actually a buddy of mine growing up and he was like, well, why don't you just deer hunt with Logan this year? And I was like, oh, that didn't even occur to me. And so as a kind of a way to, to try it on for size, if you will, rather than, um, you know, feel like she wasn't prepared for an opportunity that took, you know, 10 plus years to draw type thing. Um, and so that's, what, that's where we started going down to, and, and not, not that we can't, that we should be valuing elk over deer or deer over elk or whatever it is, but it was more of just the rarity of the tap, right? Like if, if I could change anything about my elk hunt is I wish I had it, at least a few bow hunts under my belt prior to going to that hunt, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was there any, like, is this, is you're making, you're having these discussions, like this possibility, this idea, like things are starting to come together. As you mentioned, this, this timeline is, is pretty short to like fully prepare, right. In terms of getting competent, getting equipment for that matter with archery and all that. Was there any hesitation on your part of like, man, I'm throwing this idea at her, but like, maybe this just isn't like practical or feasible, at least on this time frame. <laughs> um if you talk to my my close friends and family is i'm much more of a let's let's make the dream or make the goal and <laughs> figure it out later do it <laughs> so um i mean i i don't know and you also got to realize that i got i got my bow in my hand in may and killed the bull in um early september like i mean and I had shot before, but I it'd been a number of years and this and that. So I, I'm operating off the assumption like, well, to an extent, I did it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But the, the the difference there, though, and to be fair, the difference there is that I already have a, a built-in like passion and bias towards wanting to do it and wanting to hunt. To where this is more of like, let's try it on for size for you, see if you like it type thing. Mm-hmm. So, but the the deeper piece here, Mark, is that I. I know my sister had like, I know her on a personal level wanting to do things that provide grit or provide, you know, provide or, or, or having to that require grit, I should say that would then kind of that, that makes you dig deeper in yourself and, and, and prove to yourself something. And so, it, that this was more along those lines. Like I'm, I'm far less worried about 
whether or not we can practically make it work. Cause I know that we will be able to practically, you know, practically make it work enough to get her out and experience that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was much more motivated by me knowing what, what that backpack bow hunt can offer you individually and trying to share that with her. It just a catalyst to, to get her to dig deeper, I guess. So practically how has preparation gone? Cause I know that, you know, on one sense, a lot of this is quote unquote on her, meaning she's the one who's having to get geared up and shoot and prep and all that. But I know that you've been helping her. Like this is very much a, not just on the hunt, something you're doing together, but these months leading up to the hunt you guys are doing together. So I'm sure we could hit this in many different ways, but like, you know, what, what does it look like since you guys found out you have drawn like practically, how are you guys preparing? Uh, that's a great question. So the, so pri- we had to plan prior because of the timing. we had to plan on just that we were going to draw, like we didn't, we started prepping before. So in, I want to say it was mid March, which is actually, it's, it's, this is really funny because my, I had a, we had a new baby in March and it was the day after that i we i took her to the bow shop um and we we got her got her a bow so i i received a little flack for that from friends and family i've got a very understanding wife but uh, <laughs> we, no we 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 decided on a bow he said listen i'll get you a bow at the end of the day if we go through this hunt and you don't like it whichever like i, I already know you're going to enjoy shooting a bow like uh, like the entire there's no real net loss because you'll you'll come out and say okay well i you know i've enjoyed shooting and so we got her bow and got her shooting right off the bat and i just i mean super low pounder just she has zero form zero that i'm by no means a super super experienced or you know you know like anything to like yeah i'm i'm not the the professional you know shooter that can give her every piece of advice but trying to do a lot a lot of things i've done self-taught and through youtube and whichever i i at least have a base knowledge that can help her get started as well um and so we started shooting bows um we we made a goal to shoot together every week that started out really good um as the summer's gotten busier it's, it's kind of turned into most weeks we shoot together but the good news on her end is she's shot most days. Um, and so we've just been kind of slowly turning up the poundage and slowly working through items there. So that's from a shooting aspect. Um, and she's actually come a long way uh, with the bow. The other piece was the physicality aspect, right? Like she's, ne- she's done plenty of hiking in her life, but never with a weighted pack. Um, got her into a pack started throwing weight in it and you know, we've been getting after it. Um, she, she has a small it, it, uh, mountains, the wrong word, but a, a, a small quick incline, very close that she can walk from her house. So it's, it's called Lone mountain. I think it's like half a mile or 500 feet of elevation gain. So she can run over there on any given day and run up, you know, go up and down a couple of times type thing. As far as like not having to, de- to dedicate a full Saturday to go on a big long hike. But that being said, so that's been kind of her daily or or um, hopefully daily routine where we've also done a few bigger hikes. Um, we, our goal was once a week there too, but that's been a lot more like every other week. Um, but throwing 
just throwing hikes in there, throwing weight in the pack and getting her out with it. Um, and then from there, the other overwhelming piece for her has just been gear in and of itself. Good news is that we have between me and my brother and, and my dad, we have enough gear to kind of hodgepodge most of the kit for. Um, but it, luckily, and again, luckily for her, I, I tend to geek out and be nerdy about it. So I already had, had very, uh, you know, extensive gear lists and stuff that I could share with her and um help her say hey this is what i can buy you know we can buy for you this is what we can get here's your options here you know what are we doing like you know for for each piece here and and then sorry i'm getting a little bit lost in the detail there but from there the other piece was on the boot scouting trip we have one on the books here in a few weeks we're actually going to go boots on the ground um do a number of miles go see what we can see get her a real taste of, of kind of like pre-hunt what it's going to look like. And outside of that, just a lot of e-scouting and stuff on my end. So, yeah. Has there been any questions that have come up, like questions from her that have surprised you? And by that, again, I'm trying to relate to honestly my own experience helping newer hunters but also just you know the more experienced hunters listening in who may be wanting to help newer hunters and just some of what that process can look like um so again yeah anything that she's asked you that has kind of caught you off guard or maybe you know what seems like something super simple but you just realize like and sometimes people just don't know what they don't know right so there that could be multiple facets mark but the on the bow side of things, you, you really forget all of the little things that you do from a muscle memory standpoint, whether it be grip, whether it be your anchor, whether, you know, you forget how much of that is foreign in the beginning. And so I can't tell you how many times she'll be shooting for the week and she'll be like, man, I was just struggling with, you know, whatever. I feel like I couldn't group or this or that. And like, I see it, she's like white knuckling on her on a riser right like and i'm like just hey relax it a little bit like let's go like just that kind of thing so that's not really in the form of a question but just where from an archery perspective i've just i forget how many of those little things that you when you've shot for a while you don't think about and so having it's been actually helpful for me and actually better for me in my form because i've had to kind of go back to square one and like think of all right how how do i get the message across to her of what she's doing and how she can fix it type thing um which which has been interesting um but from question standpoint a big one's around boots and uh, as i know as one of yours and steve's favorite topics as far as the subjectivity of it which it really is and i've tried to explain that to her um but it's just kind of like if she had it her way she'd be out there in a, a pair of chacos type thing <laughs> so, um she's got a general aversion to footwear any close close to footwear and so what's been really interesting for me is is you're not you don't have a you don't like because i mean i would say it's just kind of the common thread for anyone is that all right as long as the boot is comfortable going on you have preferences whether they're stiff whether they're light you know whatever it is and everyone kind of changes on that but the the number one thing is like does the boot actually fit your foot and the problem with her is that I can't get an accurate read of whether it does or not because any thing on her foot, tennis shoe or otherwise, is overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that's been a very interesting one. Uh, I think we've got her in a pair that's actually fits um, and that she's getting over the, the, the version two, but we'll see as it comes. That's, that's been one of the biggest hurdles gear wise. Such a, I mean, you guys have the scouting trip coming up, which as much as it can be scouting from a hunting perspective, like just considering it a shakedown trip to learn lessons and backpack and try the boots and all that stuff. I mean, the value of being able to do that before the hunt is incredible. Absolutely. And, and the other piece, the only true question hunting related, she's asked me, you got to understand. It's just like, this is a lot at once. And so like, I've been very cognizant of the fact of like trying to feed her when she's energized on it and, and, and not overwhelm. Right. Cause there's so many pieces to it. But one thing, cause I have thrown some hunting films her way and just shown her a few different things. And she was just like, like just a, a simple question. She's like, how in the world is that guy that close to that deer? Like that doesn't make any sense. So it's just like, even the basics of like, Oh, well he used the terrain and he likely was reading the wind. And if the deer is facing that way, then you can get away with this. <laughs> like just, just mm. like stuff that's like I've had a, a lifetime of just kind of slowly building up. That's like that seems so given, but for her, she's like, Oh, like wouldn't that deer know he's there 20 yards away type of thing? <laughs> like, um, so yeah, that's one of the questions she's definitely asked is like, How, how, like, how is that possible? Um, that took me aback. Yeah, it's a great question though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so what are what are some of the examples of the ways that you're trying not to overwhelm her with like too much information? Has, has there been something that like you wanted to go down this direction or on this topic or this rabbit hole and you, you intentionally kind of like reeled yourself back from? There's probably several items in that. Um, but because my, my personality is very much of like, all right, I learned about the scene. I want to learn everything there is to learn about it. And so I've, recently been you know building my own arrows and going down the whole rabbit hole of um grain weight versus foc versus you know spine and, and optimizing all of that and running through archer's advantage and this and that and to the point mark that i have different different draw weights that she possibly could get to you know with the lowest being the, the legal amount to where hopefully we get to and then optimize arrow builds for each weight <laughs> based on on what she's uh you know what she could get to by the time it's time to hunt um and i i want her to be shooting her hunting setup um here within the next few weeks as far as arrow setup so we've actually built some out but trying to explain to her what's going into it and what we're shooting for to optimize the arrow she was just like i don't i don't care <laughs> tell me <laughs> tell, tell me what you know tell me that these arrows are going to work and we'll go use them type thing. Yeah. That's a, that is such a great example of, you know, it is fun to learn about all that nerd out on it, whatever, but she doesn't care, nor should she like that. It shouldn't even be something she gives any energy to, but it's awesome that she has you to like essentially optimize that for her. Yeah. And obviously there's, there's different trains of thought and, and ways like just like, even with people that, do care about it and want to know about it. there's different like obviously there's different you know subjectivity to to arrow setups and, and how you know how they approach it and everything but i think we've got a pretty good a pretty good setup that's going to work 
to try to optimize what she's capable of uh, going into it. So. What is the kind of the goal weight, draw weight wise that either she needs to do? I think you mentioned a minimum legal requirement or just that you were kind of hoping to get her to. Yeah. So Nevada is minimum of 40 pound draw weight um, with 300 grain arrow. And I can't remember what the, the broadhead cut is like an inch and um, four eighths or something like that. You had to have a cutting diameter of, you know, X amount. I can't remember the the, the number there, but, um, but yeah, so it was, so the minimum is 40 pounds. And so what, she's only a 25 inch draw. And so that, that, I mean, we're, at 40 pounds pushing pretty slow but so from there i went down the rabbit hole of ideally like when we start talking about elk for next year i'm like trying to get her to 50 um just to maximize the penetration on it but right now she's currently at 37 and we'll we'll likely go no higher than 42 before we're actually shooting her hunting setup just just based off of her progression of where we started and you know kind of what her 37 is looking like right now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Has that, have you guys tried to, uh, like I take this, my head goes towards like physical training and like, you know, barbells and progression and very a linear quote unquote progression of adding weight. Has that been strategic on your end or is it more informal? Like, yeah, you're feeling good at 35. Let's go to 37. Or have you tried to like, Hey, let's add, a pound or a quarter turn or whatever every week or every other week type thing. Uh, so uh, kind of in between, um, we haven't specified like outside workouts for like, like, like workouts outside of shooting um, to try to strengthen it, which would probably have been helpful, but it's more of being up against the, the clock type thing. And like, if, you know, cause shooting is going to build her, her endurance and, and, strength and everything on it as well and then she's getting the added benefit of learning to shoot as she goes and so as far as like doing outside um outside exercises to help supplement it i haven't set her down that road and that was intentional out of again all the other pieces she's trying to bite off too like i'd rather i'd rather keep shooting and feel confident with her setup than like not shoot and take the time to like lift or something along those lines right but we have so we started off because we i mean we we started off like so we're shooting a, a elite ember so a pretty pretty wide ability to i think it's like 10 to 60 pounds those limbs can adjust too so we uh we started out like seriously like like 15 pounds or something it was pretty aggressive in the beginning i wanted to get her to that point to where it was like visually obvious that it was you know it, it took some effort to pull it back but not to the point to where she couldn't repeat it over and over and over and not to the point where it was affecting her ability to, um, you know, to, to have a, a accurate shooting session, if you could say, if you want to put it that way. So it's been more of kind of my probably uneducated judgment of like, look, you can pull that back with, you know, like, like for no issue at all you could do it all day long. We're going to turn it up. So it started out with full turns. Um, and now we've gotten into, oh, we'll turn it a quarter and see what happens. And there, there has been time where we had to back it back down because it, it was too much at the time. So what about, uh, pack weight in terms of, you know, training? I know you mentioned kind of hitting a little quote unquote mountain and things like that, but has that been something you've scaled? Cause obviously when it, 
when it comes to training with a pack, you can increase weight, you can in, not increase weight, but increase distance. Like there's all different variables there. Has that been structured at all or pretty free form? Pretty free form, but we, we started off with just like, Hey, she wasn't carrying anything. We're hiking around. Um, and then we went, it went to just basic day supply stuff, you know, so probably a base weight of, of 10 to 15 pounds. And then, then we, um, we, then we, I loaded her up with like a typical hunting day pack, which mine tends to be around that 20, 20 to 30 pounds, kind of depending on the hunt and glass and whichever. And then we threw in from there, um, the highest we've gone is I threw in a, like a 45 pound sandbag plus all air gear. So she's been in that 50 to 55 pound range on a number of hikes now. Um, would love to get her up higher, but also being cognizant of the fact of time and whichever. So trying, not trying to like bite off too much or, or injure her prior to it. So yeah, that's that, solid though. I mean, when you just look at percentage of body weight, that's, uh, she's probably crushing it compared to some dudes. Oh yeah. And she's, she's again, if she didn't have all the boot issues, like she'd be even that much further. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. her one complaint, but she's no, she's doing great. Like I can't, I can't stress enough that she's got a very determined mindset and, and she thought that she was going to come into this and not be able to do it all. Cause she hasn't been physically active and this and that. I just kind of explained, I was like, listen, like you gotta start somewhere. And if you like, I am a firm believer that like, yeah, there are physical limitations and you can definitely, hit those limitations but i i also am a, a believer that oftentimes was we're we hit those limitations mentally far before we hit them physically so again I, my head just keeps going back to helping you know helping other hunters helping new hunters in the process and you know there is so much right like between equipment and knowledge and tactics and gear and training and shooting and like just there's you know there's so much right especially when you're new and everything feels new and it can be overwhelming i know we talked about not overwhelming her in the sense of like hey let's not get into the nitty-gritty of optimizing your arrow setup with foc and spine and etc so take that but like go even bigger picture and just in terms of keeping this thing fun and exciting and not overwhelmed by all of the things. Um, has that been something, you know, that's you've been pretty conscious of, or it, to me, it just seems like it, it depends on the person that would be more prone to be overwhelmed or what have you. But there does have to be, I think, as we bring new people along a very intentional aspect of just keeping this thing fun. I think as a general catch-all, like, that is the right mindset. Is is as many as barrier barriers of entry as there seems to be that like don't focus on those. We'll worry about those at the end of the day. This is going to be great, but with the caveat of it's going to depend on the individual of what what type of um, like if they want to dive in, if they truly just want to just kind of know you know like know the bare minimum to get out and go do it. Like I I don't know I. Because for me, my, like I'm energized by diving in, doing every nitty gritty thing, and I'm energized, like right, like. Whereas for the new hunter, if that's overwhelming, I think it's just more the, the onus of the mentor to read that individual 
and find out where that line is. But at a base level, I agree with you, Mark, that look, this is fun and fun doesn't always equate equate as easy. But at the end of the day, this is fun and worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of maybe fun was the wrong word on my part, but like keeping it a positive experience that they want to continue to pursue from some level of enjoyment. Like you said, maybe it's not easy. Maybe it's not quote unquote fun, but it's like, what is keeping them energized towards the goal and not demotivated essentially by everything that could be overwhelming? Anyone that's taken a, a five-year younger kid fishing under, should understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I mean, obviously, there's a difference between an adult coming into hunting and a and a kid starting to fish. But the the I think the fundamental principle is the same of reading when when it no longer is <laughs> worth their while in their mind. <laughs> and I also think of of like finding that point and then just helping them push up against that point. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What is um. For you personally, what has the prospect of this opportunity, the hunt itself, but also just what you've already invested in it, what has that kind of meant to you? Because at the end of the day, when we take time, energy, effort to help others, we're giving up time, energy, effort that we could have then spent on our own hunting, our own preparation, our own scouting, our own arrow building, like again, name anything. But um, clearly it's a it's a sacrifice. I don't mean that purely in a negative term. It's a, it's a very worthwhile sacrifice, but um, yeah, I'm just curious, like so far, what is that? What has that experience been for you? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to sound too like altruistic or like, like that, you know, I I'm only doing it for the greater good of helping her or this and that. Uh, the, the, the bigger sacrifices is, is been, time dedicated to her versus me and my immediate family, my wife and kids. Um, luckily I have a very supportive and understanding wife in that aspect. But as far as like my own hunting time, like I, I would argue that most people that truly love it, like, and you hear it all the time that would like, they much rather see a loved one and help a loved one go through what you're going through versus like, me just going on another hunt for myself if that makes sense like i just to me for me it's a no-brainer decision but i mean i don't know maybe i've just had enough experiences well and actually let me say this too is nevada because of nevada being less opportunity as far as like having your own tag every single year is is less likely versus other states and so there is a, a lot of like well who's got tags this year we're going with you know what i mean so it's like that's yeah. pretty- built in like it i don't know no that's a great point yeah i think to me when i hear you talk i hear a lot of enthusiasm and energy and enjoyment for your own pursuit of hunting again whether we're saying this is for yourself or you know this hunt for your sister but even like what you're saying of how much you're enjoying like arrow building and all that stuff so I already feel like you have a lot of positive energy and attitude about everything, but I, w- I will say for maybe some folks who are 
I don't want to say burnt out, like that's the wrong term, but maybe not, maybe they don't find as much joy in hunting as they used to. I think a good uh, fix, for lack of a better term for that, could be to help others. Because when you begin to share all these things with other people and then kind of see the lights turn on for them and see their joy just in the simple things and see progress and simple things, um, when you've been a part of that, it just creates a lot of joy for you, for yourself. So I think, you know, maybe there's some guys out there who just like would be so re-energized about hunting and the whole pursuit by helping some other folks. And then they in turn would learn to appreciate some of the small stuff. It's interesting you put it that way because my like outside of like, cause obviously you'll, you'll have burnout like in a hunt, right? Like on, on a more of a micro scale of like, Oh man, th- this day sucked. And you know, I want to go home, whatever did that. But from a, from a macro scale or pulling out like my trajectory of enjoying hunting has just continually like progressed upwards. So like at this, like, it's not that I all, like, like I said, as a kid, it wasn't that it was just my favorite thing. I mean, my, my dad loves to tell a story that like when we, I'd ask the question like, well, why do we have to go up there and shoot the deer? Why do we shoot the deer down here type thing? Like, I, I have a comprehension of like, well, there may not be a deer right here. <laughs> you know, like, and so, but so it, it may be harder for me to look inside and say like, like, oh, I, I can't really like relate to that, that overall burnout yet because I am so energized by it right now. And it's been, like I said, an upward trajectory. And, and for all intents and purposes, very much of an average guy trying to get out as much as he can type thing, but not like, you know, I don't, I'm not a guy I don't do, you know, I'm not hunting every single weekend. Like it's just as much as I can. Right. And so like, I, I feel like probably a very good representation of like the average listener that enjoys hunting and does it when he can, but not, you know, not necessarily like full bore. This is my entire life. If you ask my wife, she'd probably say something different because of how much I think and talk and, you know, whatever about it. But I think you make a good point, Mark, that if, if, you know, while I can't relate to it, I I can conceptually in the sense that if I were burnt out with doing it, that it would be a way to say, you know, uh, like, let's, let's go get after it. Like, you know, I, I enjoy seeing that loved one, A, a parallel thing. So my, my, I fell hard for fly fishing for, and I, I shouldn't say I still don't love it, but I, um, the hunting has kind of taken its place in the sense of just the amount of time I spend towards it. And so now, unless it's a, a, a serious destination trip or, you know, or I'm taking someone fishing, I don't get out as much because I'm focusing on hunting or, uh, you know, it just, it, that's where I decide to put my time. And so I can relate in like, it does the, the prospect of me leaving for the weekend and leaving my family for the weekend to go fly fish on the same, you know, handful of streams that I have for years and years now doesn't hold the same weight as like me taking my kid out or, or me, you know, going on a backpack hunt or something. It just, so I guess I can relate in that sense. Good stuff, man. I'm uh, I can't wait to hear how things go not you know not only the hunt itself but just the the whole experience for your sister and what you get out of it and yeah man this is gonna be so much fun to chat later this fall before i let you go is there anything else kind of in this uh 
quote unquote before aspect of this hunt and this whole adventure that you want to make sure we cover that we didn't hit already? I guess just for the listeners, like, like regardless of whether you're a beginner hunter, a, you know, far more experienced than I hunter, or, you know, you may, you're not sure if you want to or this or that, like, I just think that there is room that anyone is in, like with as much information as we have and as much technology and this and that, like anyone is empowered to try it. And I like would highly recommend anyone trying it. Like at the end of the day, regardless of the barriers of entry, like there are plenty, like you may not know it personally, but there are plenty of people. I would, I would argue that most, most hunters are willing to share. So if, <laughs> If you're wondering about getting into it, don't hesitate to do so. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope that this episode helped you, maybe even gave you some ideas of, hey, I should reach out to so-and-so and maybe get them on a hunt in the future. I'm really excited to hear the story of how things go for Logan and his sister. Again, they will be joining us after the hunt, so stay tuned for that. If you want to make sure you receive all future episodes, be sure to hit subscribe or follow in whatever podcast app that you're using. Best of luck to you on your hunts this fall. Let us know how it goes. Send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com and we'll talk to you soon.